supernatural. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you waited for. Ah, 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 ah. Been writing a book, but it needs just a little more. Ah, ah, ah. And buried in your bones, there's the words that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Jay Lavelle, Jay Taylor, and Katie Salitis. Pull up a chair, grab a drink, and have some fun here with us we talk books writing and digress sometimes too much now that you know tell me do you want to go where we talk about the author biz yeah we cover almost all that there is where author dreams come true and yes that can be you this is spilling hink yes nailed it Perfect. Wow, what was that? That was amazing. Wow, that guy had a, like the voice of an angel. That was incredible. Man. Now, was it Thor level God Angel? God, like God Space Pirate, or just a standard angel? I love well, the Space Pirate thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with those references, so I'm just going to go with standard angel. Uh, yes, yes. Standard you know, like olive oil making angel. Archangel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad you could get Uriel to, to croon for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think at one time he did a uh, one to the tune of the, the Little Mermaid, actually, speaking of Ariel. Oh. I, I think he did. I think he did. Archives. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, maybe last time he was on. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome back to Spilling Ink. It's uh, it's so good to be here. And uh, Brian Tan's here with us tonight. I know that this is probably the first time any of you have ever seen his smiling face, but, you know, he's here. <laughs> yeah, that was I a little know, you, you got the wrong side. You got the, you got the hockey, you got the hockey tooth side. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? That, that smile kind of reminded me of when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger smiles, and it's like, ah, that was scarier than your normal face. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're be, shaking be... so hard trying to force the joy. <laughs> hey, there's, there's Derek, Derek right there. I want to go where the authors are. <laughs> I want to go where uh, the authors are. Well, before we get into this very serious... Brian and Derek together on an episode, The Spilling Ink Sing-Off. Oh, that would be good. Yes, yes, because Brian can sing as well. That's that's true. You know, Derek, I know you're out there, Derek. Let's let's set this up and make it happen. You each prepare a song um, about us, of course, um, (laughs) and then it's like a competition, and and we award something to the winner, like a uh, Spilling Ink t-shirt, maybe. I'm not Ooh. sure. Yeah. Prizes. Yeah. Yes, t-shirts make the about, best prizes. I'm all they, about having swizzag. I have, yeah. get some of this, I have to get some Plotaholic swag, actually. Ooh. Oh, that's right. You guys had a sale this week, didn't you? Yeah, we had a sale this past week for a Labor Day. Our t-shirts were like eight bucks off on our Ooh. store. I'm just pumped that we have swag and stuff. I'm all about it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I'm going to get some. Just start wearing it around. I'm going to get a. am going to get a mask and a t-shirt. I love cool. collecting swag from from my friends. Mm-hmm. I you know I like to have a shirt from everybody's thing. So I have I have to get a, a plot of Holics one, the one with all the shot glasses across the bottom. There you go. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I figure if I collect all kinds of like Funko Pops, I should probably start collecting swag as well. It's easier Sorry. to get me to collect stuff if they're in Funko Pop form. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I want? I I've been 
I, these ads for wizard pins keeps popping up for me on on Facebook and Instagram and everywhere I go. It's the uh, custom enamel pan, pins, and oh my gosh, I want to order some so bad. But you you've got to order like at least a hundred, otherwise they're crazy expensive. Um, Dude, and the so gauntlet like, has been thrown down. Oh, yeah. so, oh. It's, getting, it's getting competitive now. Okay. Wow. Sorry, <laughs> wait, wait. Can we can we get Derek on here right now? Derek, if you've got an internet connection, we can make this shit happen right this second. <laughs> oh, it can well, be down like a clown, Charlie Brown. Well, you know, before we get into the super serious show, though, um, <laughs> even though our new video intro said who our sponsors were, Katie is supposed to supposed to talk about our sponsors here at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you better hurry up for the boss. That's, gets that's angry. right. And our, our first sponsor, they have a T-shirt. And and I'm just gonna say right now, Joe, you know what I'm gonna say. I know you're listening. Where's my shirt? Where's my shirt, Lebowski? Where's my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Me too. All right, all right. Down to business. Down to business. <clears throat> Let's do this right. All right. Our first sponsor is Go Indie Now, the online indie artist network. They offer exciting new content weekly, monthly, and seasonally, all of which highlight, support, and promote indie artists of all kinds. You can check them out on GoIndieNow.com, subscribe to their YouTube channel, or follow them on Facebook. Now, Go Indie Now is doing their brand new season of programming. And starting this week, all the way up until Christmas, they're going to have a new episode every single day. So check them out, like, follow, share, subscribe, and remember... It's always time to go into now. Nice. Woo. Yes. All right. We're good. Excellent. Now, well, and that's the way to do a um a plug. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Salitis school of plugging. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Well, and I Katie is just really good with the plugs. And I, I heard that she's got many plugs that she does. So um what? <laughs> all, all lined up on the no, no. Less just like the shot glasses. Less than no. six minutes, and we're already there. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, oh goodness! Well, how are you guys doing? You know, this is like six months now that since everything drastically changed in this country, and. I, I've got to tell you, you know, I've I've always known not to get not to come right out the gate and, and be heavy or anything, but I've always known that there have been problems in this country. But this last year, it just seems like it brought a lot of things to the forefront. And it's it's gotten me so fatigued, not only caring about different things, but, you know, writing about different things or being frustrated at this or that or, or trying to console other people. And so I'm in this weird state where, and I, we, Rebecca and I just finished uh, co-writing a book, but even working on that project with another creative person, I just feel so emotionally drained. Like I, I just, I, I don't have much left for creativity anymore. Have you guys experienced any of that, you know, over this last year? Oh yeah. 2020 can eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, the, the, the 2020 has just been hell for me personally, as well as my community. I'm not happy with it. I'd like to speak to a manager. And um, it's to the point that I have anxiety attacks just leaving the house. Like, I've always got a weapon on me at all times, just in case. And the thing is that sucks is that even if I have something for a little bit of extra protection, 
to protect myself against fellow civilians, that could also get me in trouble with the authorities. So I don't know which way to turn. So I don't even like leaving the house. And it really sucks when you have to have a discussion with your 12 year old about why such and such died. Why such, why people felt the way they felt to kill a person and why people feel the way they feel anti people that look like us. Not a fun discussion to have with your 12 year old, well, 11 year old going on 12 that you're trying to maintain a semblance of childlike innocence and wonder for at least another year. At yeah. least. At least. Well, and they, they don't get to, you know, it's, it's funny. In many ways, our children are extremely privileged uh, that they don't have the childhood that, you know, you know our parents or grandparents have. But at the same time, I, I feel like um, they've also been robbed of a big part of the innocence that comes along with it. You know, my, my little girl who just turned 12, my youngest, is very worldly. Um, she knows about all the things that I know about, you know, going on in the world. And it's like, gosh, you know, I, I really wish that I could uh, shelter you some from some of the bad things in the world, but that's not something we have the option to do anymore. So now we need to learn well, how to become age makes it suck to try to shield your kids at this point. Yeah. Um, I tried to make it a point to not tell my kid even about what happened in, um, in Minneapolis and he just comes right to me dad why'd that happen i'm like how the hell did you even hear about that saw a video on youtube yeah yeah you did yep thanks a lot google (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and it's it sucks that they're exposed to all this but it does force our generation to teach that generation right from wrong firsthand because we're we're able to show them or they're able to find themselves what's going wrong and we can hopefully set the example that will let that generation make moves and fix things moving forward well i think we're the we're the last of the real privileged generation because we got to be kids we got to not be involved in so many different things that are going on now i mean well social media does that you know we never had social media we had the neighborhood you know kick the can (laughs) oh my god if we had social media when we were kids life would have sucked so yeah life would have been horrible if i if i didn't need social media to promote my books or to keep up with you guys i wouldn't be on the shit at all well and i know a lot of people that aren't for that it's full of so much misinformation and negativity and bigotry and prejudice i hate it hate it and and to and and i sound like an old fart saying this and and i am old i'm 40 years old now but uh you what are you you are young but you know (laughs) (laughs) but you know i can i can be having a a perfectly good day you know i'll be you know out on the back deck reading or you know we go for a walk with with heather and emma and um just kind of doing things and and when things calm down or when we're not engaged in activity you know i'll you know i'll i'll flip this open just like most of us do and all of a sudden i'm i'm scrolling and i'm scrolling and i'm scrolling and i can almost feel i, I mean i can i almost feel that meter inside me being depleted more and more and it's like oh my god why do why do I keep doing this to myself every time when I know there are so many more enriching things out there and to the, to the point of, of this, because we're all creative people, 
we need that enrichment in order to be creative. You know, someone asked mm -hmm. me just yesterday, um, you know, how do you, you know, where do you uh, get recharged if, if it's not in your day-to-day -day life? And I was like, you know what? I, I don't actually know this. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I am charged, you know, you know? I mean, so what, what do we do? And, you know, how do, how do we get back to where we need to be to be artists again? You gotta find a way, you gotta find a new, we, I've always told people that I am the walking epitome of, um, crap, what's the word I'm looking for? Beauty? Um, no, no, it's, um, I, I have. Sexy? Pretty much, yeah. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't deny that. But, um, no, um, I, I have comfort mechanisms on top of comfort mechanism, um, coping mechanism on top. On I have I, I live in a blanket of coping mechanism. So now I just have to find a brand new coping mechanism to be the next layer. I have so many layers of coping mechanism right now that if it took physical form, I wouldn't be able to move. It would just weigh me down completely. So it's like a weighted blanket then. Exactly, except this weighted blanket would be my body weight. And while I can deadlift my body weight... It's not something that I want to walk around in. I'm not freaking Goku, nor should I have to be to exist. So what we do, Sharon and I do, we, we watch, we watch, we binge TV shows and I play Xbox. Sometimes me and Shane Wilson will start playing Fortnite or I'll play insert video game here that I'm in the mood to be bothered with. I mean, yeah, I write, I try to write. I haven't been able to do a lot over these you know six months I, I got one book done which katie knows for me one book in six months is not a lot <laughs> Shit, i'm not even close to having a book done. yeah so it's just like i got it done it was like pulling teeth but once i got into it and forced myself to do it i got back into the flow that's the forcing of it was was, was awful and I'm like, you know, trying to force the creativity, but if you don't use that creativity consistently, it gets more and more difficult um, to pick it back up and, and you know, employ it. Um, you know, and I usually have a very small period of time between books, you know, what I call my downtime or my morning time from one series to another. <laughs> um, but this was just elongated. You know, and I, I think it was, you know, COVID brain and all of that uh, that we had. Well, and you've got, um, a, you've, you've got a good point there, Jane. And and so does Derek, who just uh, who yeah. just commented. Uh, he, he said, you know, I've heard rewatching favorite shows is helping some. You know, yeah. and, that, and that's actually we might have mentioned that on here before. But um, that's something I, I read has to do with people that have high anxiety, that watching shows they've seen many times is actually calming um, because you you don't have to wait for anything new there's no suspense it's just something that's comfortable for you but i i think that you know jane it's not necessarily a matter of use it or lose it but but yeah i, I think that you definitely have to practice that creativity just like you were saying otherwise you get out of it you know and Re rebecca and i were just under uh under deadline a deadline that i didn't know existed by the way um thanks becca actually that's probably <laughs> probably smart not to tell me there was a deadline to begin with. Um, and then all of a sudden it was 10 days away and there was an enormous amount of work that had to be done. And I totally shut down for a couple of days. I was like, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. This is not how I work creatively. And I haven't had to make myself push for a year, 
you know, I, I haven't tried to actively produce anything. And so all of a sudden you're in a situation where it's like, well, it's time to be creative again and you just have to turn it back on. But, you know, thank God, uh, Rebecca is very creative and she was able to just start pounding stuff out and really plugging away and, and pounding and then plugging and pounding and plugging. Um, and that really got me going all of her pounding and plugging. Um, and that got me writing again until I could finally start getting stuff done. You know, like I said, yeah, after I all the pounding and plugging by Rebecca, which was a really intense pounding and plugging see, by Rebecca. I can't, I can't be made to do something. If my brain ain't feeling it and my muse ain't feeling it, it ain't getting done. And it's, imp I, I am the stubborn mule. If you try to force me to do something, it ain't getting done. And after a while, what I'll do is I'll either make excuses or I'll say, I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying until I finally get mad. Just like, look, just leave me alone. Okay. It's not happening. Jesus. <laughs> You're pushing me, man. You're pushing me. You know, I, I turn into Joe Pesci from Goodfellas. <laughs> and next thing you know, I'm just like, I'm like earlier today, like, Something as small as I'm fed up with the way people park in the parking lot near my apartment. And that just totally threw off my whole day. And I was just angry at everything and everyone. I flipped off some lady that almost pulled into me in the one lane. And I yelled at her. And it's like, ah, oh, leave me alone. This is horrible. Your existence angers me. Why? Why? Why do you do this? I'm more, I'm important. Leave me alone. I mean, I'm not important to you, and I understand that, but God damn it, you're bothering me. And then I just looked at Sharon and was like, I just want to go home. I can't people anymore today. I did well, it for an hour. That's important. We, we're becoming so desensitized, desensitized to all the crap that's going on around us, and all the stress is so overwhelming. We don't have the bandwidth to deal with even the smallest inconveniences right now. The mm -hmm. littlest things will set us off, and under normal circumstances, we'd be able to brush it off, no problem. But just like you said, somebody parking wrong is enough to ruin your day because you're already here before you hit that. And I that was just it. That was the tip of the iceberg. Right and here. now you're done. And what's even worse is that when I go, I can't, like, have you ever go out someplace and it's like, oh, man, I didn't have that big of a breakfast. I'm kind of hungry. I think I want to stop and get something to eat. I can't do that like a normal person because I'm that guy that is now on a, on a diet. I am on a specialized diet. So it's like, damn it, I can't eat until I get home. Damn it. And I'm hungry and I want to eat. And I get very hangry. Like, I might as well be a newborn. If that if if that food booby ain't in my mouth, someone's gonna hear about it. Now, and what is I your favorite food booby to consume? Oh God, I wish I could have a freaking pizza. I oh. so do, but I can't because oh. I'm not eating dairy and I'm not eating gluten because oh I'm my trying gosh. to get my weight down. So okay. my primary my like this this is what Brian Tan eats as an author. Okay, in the morning I have four egg whites. One slice of vegan cheddar cheese, four slices of turkey bacon, and either grapes or strawberries, and one of these bad boys of water. This is 40 ounces, and I'll either finish the whole thing, or I'll drink half of it, and then save the other half for lunch, which is usually... My, my whole meals consist of protein, and vegetables, and fruit, and water, and then I'll have a protein shake after my workout. 
So it's like I'll be out and about and I'll drive past a pizza shop and it's like, oh, <laughs> I can smell the deliciousness in the air, but it's not good for me. Oh! <laughs> or and then if I or if I like some lady was in the uh, in the one lane next to me, I was on my way home. And she's mowing down on Wendy's fries. It's like, you know what? Do you know what that's doing to your arteries, ma'am? That's bad for you, ma'am. Those potatoes are not good for you because they're deep fried and they're bad. You know what? Can I just sniff them? <laughs> <laughs> can I just I lick the wrapper, please? Yeah, exactly. Can I just can I just can I just rub the hot grease on my beard so it will stay with me for an hour? No, this is uncomfortable. You're filing a restraining order. That's fair. <laughs> I, I like what, what Jonesy said over here. It's an emotional overload. So we go in spikes and jumps. You've got to hide or, or overreact. That's why um, I told you guys before the show bat. started about Zoe this week. Oh, uh, yes. Now, she's. Uh, we're trying to make the kids have as easy of a time as possible, but they had standardized testing. This is the third is week horrible. of school, and we're already standardized testing at home. So it's even more out of the norm for them and my my littlest one woke up and she she wanted to just go to her computer and watch a little youtube before school and the testing started and i was okay with that she turned on her computer and it went to a black screen with an error message and that was it that her day was ruined she's like mom it's not working i was like okay because i know she can read like just read me the words on the screen tell me what it says there's too many words and that was it she just she was done she was done there was nothing over something as small as that it was press the f1 button and it boots into windows but it was just too much for her out of the mouths of babes she speaks what we all feel and and that's it that's exactly how we're all feeling one little thing is enough to set off our entire day right now because we're overloaded yeah or or underloaded because we don't have that human interaction too well, I don't that, know that. Yeah. this is more than this is more than enough for me i don't need that Some people, <laughs> they smell they smell funny they look weird and they make odd and frustrating noises f them i wanted a blowgun because someone was revving their motorcycle and riding up the hill yes, i want to yes. have one of the blowguns from indiana children take yep. that with your motorcycle mr harley man we have somebody that comes into the into the um, park at like three o'clock in the morning on a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, he deserves to have a broom thrown into the spokes of his wheel so he can yeah. just go flying. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Indiana Jones, <laughs> I know, right? Oh yep. my goodness, it's 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 unreal. And what's yeah. funny is I don't know if you guys can see this. I bought this box here. This is a soundproofing box, so I could do my audiobook recording and stuff. Oh, okay. And it actually does really good. Like, when people are driving by, even if I can hear just the littlest bit of it, but I can take the sound out in post. So, I'm a hugger. I just don't like people. <laughs> like, if I, like, here's the thing. If I don't know you, do not touch me, because I will strike. At first, it will be verbally. Then I will put a hand out to stop. And if you keep coming, I'll probably throw a punch. Mm-hmm. I actually almost, I almost hit an old lady that goes to my, my sperm donors church because she was like, Oh, I know your father. And she was like, come and hug me. I said, not while I'm at work, <laughs> Oh, but I know your father, but I don't know you don't. <laughs> 
touch me. <laughs> I don't like being touched. And she tried. I was like, please just go. Please just go. And then she sort of gives me this sideways glance. It's like, F you. I've told you three times I don't want to be touched. Just because you know someone that knows me doesn't mean you know me. You are not allowed to touch my person. Matter of fact, when I first moved back here, I met someone at my mother's church for the first time. Hey, we're family. We I went to go shake his hand because, you know, he's like, oh, we're like family. What? I'm like, you ain't like family to me just because my mama know you don't mean I know you. Don't touch me. I finally told my mom because he was like almost insistent. I said, Mom, who's this asshole that don't know nothing about boundaries? And she's like, what do you, he was like, oh, he's just friendly. I said, yeah, just oh. friendly about to get throat punched. You better talk to your man. <laughs> Folks just don't, I mean, I'm not a tough guy. I am not a tough guy, but I am not a pushover either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really am not. And when I lay down the boundary, don't cross it. <laughs> I don't know. I have a I my, my to get snot out of me is only a couple of times out of the year. If you squeeze too hard, you might get something that you don't want. Like, and I mean the poopies. <laughs> because I pro- I probably had the poopy tea. I probably had the poopy tea. And if you squeeze too hard after the poopy tea, well, I like to call it ice cream dispenser. <laughs> That's just a horrible visual. just imagine when i had to when i first took brian we first brought brian jr home from the hospital and he was constipated and i put the warm washcloth on his stomach and he wouldn't stop going he filled (laughs) four diapers and at one point this couple day old baby was actually like contracting his muscles he had the muscle control to be like Hey, if I do this, more comes out. I'm like, no, stop, stop. And he's just kicking his little legs, having a ball. It's like, oh, why? <laughs> oh, I love that kid. He's he's actually, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun talking about him now because he's actually officially in black belt training now. So awesome. I'm totally pumped about that. And that's actually what I do. I think that's one of the things to answer your question about as a creative person, how do I calm myself is that I think about funny memories or little things like that to be like to keep myself from completely going outside of my mind and becoming some of the characters in my book. Mm -hmm. Because if I become those people, well, you're probably never going to see me again unless you come for visitation. Yep. I think the boss is is trying to tell us something. Yeah. <laughs> this is a show about writing, right? Um, oh, wait, wait. The other boss is coming to our rescue. Hey, I mentioned that I mentioned about writing. All right. Yeah. Just because you missed it because you had to wash your hat. Don't bring it here. <laughs> we don't want to shame him for washing the hat, though. It needed to be washed. All right. Yeah. It, but, with with your hat. Still- when your hat's wearing itself and it's not on your head, that could be a problem. We, we still haven't figured out like what to do. We figured out the root of the problem, but we don't know what to do about it. To, I to know what to do. That I know what to do, but it's not politically correct to say. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's probably to, to maintain a diplomaticness. It's probably not right to say. So I'll just say this: vote. Aww. 
and stay the hell away from people that you don't agree with ideally for another two months. Yeah. Until and th- and then give them another few months of a wide berth one way or the other until we get into a new normal. Mm-hmm. And maybe I've been utilizing then... that mute button on Facebook so much that I'm only now seeing, I think, about 10 people. <laughs> I've done a lot of that. And it's oh, like, I'm just, well, and I, I'm, just, I'm just doing pretty pictures, funny memes, covers. <laughs> at this point, I'm not even book promoting at this point because because right. you know, Richard and I, we don't know exactly what we're going to be doing for re-release, I have one book out in re-release right now, and I'm not spamming the same copy and cover, and I haven't had a chance to do some of the things that I want to do for marketing. So I'm not going to be spamming the same crap over and over and over again. So I'm just posting my workout stuff. I, I'm trying to inspire people by my path of my, my own journey of not being fat anymore. Well, and, and, and that's see, look, no of, more, no more turkey neck, less turkey. That's neck. part of of the the marketing plan. When people talk about marketing their their work, there's the eighty twenty rule. Eighty percent is supposed to be you being mm-hmm. engaging, whatever that means for you. Being real, posting about your life, posting about things that are inspiring. Whatever. It's it's eighty percent of the real you. Twenty percent of hey, by the way, I got a book. Yeah. Right. right. It, yeah. it, before and, we before we pick that up. I was going to say, and Brian was a really, you know, inspiration to me to get off my fat button, <laughs> get into exercising again. I'm like, I got to do this. I got to do this. Look, he's doing it every day. He's so, you know, <laughs> by association, if he can do it, why aren't you doing it? <laughs> why are you well, and, laying bed? <laughs> you know, I, I want to quickly uh, address a, a comment that uh, Joshua Pantleresco just just left us a minute ago, and and I yeah. love Josh. He's a, a very sweet person. He's very kind. His his show is wonderful, and and he always has good positive um, advice and energy going out in the world. And he says, recognize what you have control over. Let go of the rest. Now, um, just looking at that, it's, it seems like really good advice, and it is good advice. However. I think it's important for all of us to realize that being able to do that is also privilege and that there are people who are not able to let go of that because these bad things that are happening that we can let go of affect their lives directly. So please remember that while you're taking care of yourself, that other people don't have that, uh, that luxury. So there's a, there's a show on YouTube that I, I love leaving on in the background and uh, it, it's they've got three different channels, but it's the Psy Show, and one of their show uh, options is uh, psychology. And they were talking about the people who who they talk about positivity and thinking positive is supposed to help you, but for a certain set of the population, fake thinking positive actually does worse for you. Yes, it does. And and you can't just blanket statement. Just be positive. Just be appreciative. Because for some people, that actually will have a more negative impact. Oh, that on pisses me off. A fake belief. Oh, they, someone, someone, someone tried telling me problem is the only way they can deal with it. Oh yeah, I had someone tell me when I was working as a CEO when I was living up in New Hampshire. Oh, but you're you're born American. You need to be happy about that. Oh, really, asshole. The only reason why I was born as Americans because my kinfolk were brought over here against their will in chains and forced to work and build a country that they couldn't accept, couldn't have the fruits of their labor. So, yeah, I should just be happy that I was living here, right? 
Well, and this some, <laughs> and, and this really it is it really can apply to a lot of different things in our lives, and and so it's just it's important to be mindful of others. You know, when when uh, my father-in-law Jim learned that I, I suffered badly from depression, you know, at, at one point he had said to me, you know, you know, you shouldn't be sad. You've got so much to be happy about. And, you know, the knee-jerk reaction to me is, you know, fuck you. You have no idea what's going on in my brain. There's something actually wrong in my brain. But in reality, he was trying to say something that he thought was nice, only right. he didn't understand what he was dealing with. So I think that right. that understanding is something that we all could do a lot better, a lot right. better with, so that we can be sympathetic to what people are going through. It's yeah. very, very I mean, easy to come yeah. from a place of caring, but still do just as much harm as yeah. if you were coming at someone negatively because you don't know. that. That's just like, and I actually made this mistake myself. I'm not perfect. There was, there was a young lady that I knew that had just had an abortion. And I made a comment about being happy with life. You know, why are you so upset? You're alive. Be happy. And she flipped the fuck out and never spoke to me again. And I get it. That, that was, I, I was, I know what I was trying to say, but I also see how she took it. And that was a jerk move on my part. Now, I also did not clue in. I didn't have knowledge that she had just had one, but in knowing that in being able to tell that there was something wrong, I could have said a thousand different things to try to just be caring and understand. Instead, I said the one thing, you know, and that, and that's the thing. You never know what someone is going through. And sometimes you just gotta just, just pack it, pack it up and just say, Hey, is everything okay? Or mm -hmm. do you need to talk? You know, so, sometimes just listening is enough. Sometimes yeah. just like like last weekend, my mother-in-law looks at me and goes, "Huh, you look a lot more muscular than usual. Are you exercising?" And I'm like, "Now, my, my I'm like, all right, people notice." Sharon was like, "Are you serious? That's all he talks about, and you can't." Ah! And it's like, and it's like I get both points i get both of their points and it's like there's another case sometimes is, you just gotta watch what you say this is day 700 of ddp yoka <laughs> oh man i wish i'll tell you the truth i, I get sharon's point though because i i people who talk about the same thing over and over if you're around them there is no way you shouldn't have picked up on that right <laughs> and that's what i get it's like that's all i talk about literally it's all i talk about i get, but i also get you know she's older and you know and she in her mind she's saying i see the results of your work and you yep. look good it's just that she worded it in a way that sharon didn't like i just thought it was funny I love Francie to death. Francie is funny, even though she she she's she's a pain in the ass as a passenger in a car, but she's hilarious. I think she's hilarious. You know that it speaks to the root of the problem, though, because it's that we're overwhelmed and we're we're prone to jumping at the slightest thing, but we're also so worried about what we do and say 
offending someone else. It's like, what do you do? You're catch 22. No matter yeah. what you do, you're screwed right now. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like I flipped out on a woman in a training when I was going for a correction as a corrections officer. And the woman referred to me as African-American. And at the time, that offended me. And I said, look, don't call me that. And she goes, well, what should I call you? I was like, you can call me Brian. Because at the time, I didn't know where my family came from. I didn't know if we, we could have been Jamaican. We could have been from Trinidad. We could have been from anywhere. Come to find out that I'm actually part Nigerian. So I guess it's relatively accurate. <laughs> so, But at the time, it's like, don't single me out. I don't need you to single me out as... A black guy. I can look around here and see that the only other dark thing in this room are pants. <laughs> I don't need you pointing that out. <laughs> and I, I think that it's an underlying... I think that's an underlying issue that we have in this country when it comes to anyone that... And I don't mean to offend anyone, but if you're not white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant male, you don't know how to talk to people. And... Even worse, if you're a person of color, people don't know how to talk to you. And for so many generations, the way to interact with people that has been passed down isn't the way to go. And it's like, so everyone's like, oh, well, everyone's so easily offended. How am I supposed to talk to anybody? It's not so much that people are easily offended. You, Why are you just talking to them as a person? Yeah. You know? It's like you have been taught a particular way to talk to people and you've been taught that that's acceptable, but it's not. And while you cannot be faulted for not knowing, you also can't fault people for being upset with how you're talking to them because we have people talking to us that know how it's not right yeah. and they do it anyway. Just like guys catcalling women. And guys are like, oh, I'm just paying you a compliment. <laughs> now, in their mind, they're just paying a compliment and being a guy. But to the woman they're catcalling, that's triggering her to a past experience. And uh -huh. she's being objectified. And she doesn't like it. So it's like, instead of you taking how someone responds to what you say as a slight on you, why don't you understand how what you said was a slight on the person you're talking to? And maybe right. just maybe get your head out of your ass well, and, and realize. <laughs> well, you know, our generation, too, is it, we're paving the way. But our generation is a hell of a lot more comfortable going, hey, what can I call you? Right. What can I call you? And that goes for, for anything. It goes for skin color, religion, um, status, sexual, binary, non-binary. It right. goes for any of that. We're a lot more comfortable, at least in our generation, of saying, hey, just tell me what to call you. Right, right, because we're we're because we are, and I'll even because I mean Jane, you're a little bit older than the three of us, but yeah. we're still relatively in almost the same generation, right? Where, like, all right, so you were you were still a kid when a lot of these changes were starting to come around, and right? We really grew up in them, so you were in a young enough age that you could relearn some some things, right? And with us as it became way more, as it started, as more people, as um, sort of segregation and everything were gone, Hi, Tanya. late 60s into the 70s, and more people were around each other, our generation started learning how to interact with different people. 
Right. And that's why it's easier for us because we know how. The previous generation were only around the same, the same, yeah. the same. How folks ain't all just inbred at this point, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we are. That's why we so crazy. Well, and, and Brian, we also have this this generation and our children are, are benefiting from um, an expanded language and expanded vocabulary um, right. when it when it comes to different cultures mm -hmm. and, and wow. peoples around the world and uh, gender and sexuality. And I think that's very important because um, and, and I've, I've spoken with many activists on, on the other podcast and they they all tell me, you know, when when you ask, how can you help? I will say, listen. Because yeah. people will tell you how you can help. They will tell you how to treat them if mm -hmm. you listen. Just mm -hmm. like you were saying with, with guys catcalling women down the road and being offended when they're mad about it. it if, you, if you just listen. <laughs> if you Pretty actually talk. Sure. <laughs> Re, it's, it's, it's a little thing that I like to call in one of my tannisms. Read the uh, gang room. <laughs> Read the room. If you say something and the face is sour, you said something wrong. And when you see the sour face, say, you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. Quit being afraid to apologize. Put yeah. your ego aside. Oh, Derek, yeah. I completely disagree with I you. I so disagree. Yeah. Oh, here's the Derek. Thing. <laughs> Katie, like, here's the thing. Katie is one of my favorite people on the planet. But if she wanted to talk on the phone every day, I'd probably sneak something into her home. Like like what? A wacky waving inflatable arm tube man with knives. <laughs> because I don't no. like being on the phone. I love my mother to death. I'm not talking to her on the phone every day. I can't do the phone. Yeah. yeah. Heather I will lot, I do a lot of phone calls. I, I maybe it's because I'm, you know, fifty-five and it's the age that you know. You, know, you have one of those phones that you can twirl your finger in the cord uh, still. He said Jane has the rotary phone. Those are the best. I, I, had, I want one. I want up one. until we moved to New Hampshire and threw it away, I had my push button little blue plug-in phone with, that we had in our bedroom at the other house. It was the only one that worked when the power went out. <laughs> I wish that my cell phone had a rotary phone option. It was, I'm tired it was, of just tapping the buttons. I want to <laughs> rotorize that shit. Hey, if anyone from Apple is watching, I want a rotary iPhone. Make it happen, <laughs> Apple. Kids Make it happen. They need to appreciate the phone on the wall in the kitchen with the super long cord. Yep. Yep. That yep. you have yep. messed up because you took it to its max. Yep. And the little swirlies are now straight as yep. an arrow. Yep. Or yep. they flip the other way and then it doesn't curl right. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. And your mom is yelling at you because you done messed up another phone cord and they got to go to the either the the the, the store the they got to go to the phone company radio or to shack. the store or radio shack to get a new one and yeah. if you do it again they're going to whoop you <laughs> they're going to whoop you with the broken phone cord yes yeah and, and you know and that's another thing too when we're talking about especially online because people are so judgmental if i have another person tell me that i was abused as a child because i was spanked I am going to lose my damn mind. Seriously. You know what? 
My it, mom spanked it, me and oh. I am okay. The issues that I have did not come from my mother spanking me. The issues that I have came from relatives not keeping their hands to themselves, other relatives thinking that it's okay to use me as a form of currency, and other relatives shooting at me with air pellets, or relatives lying to me every which way I turned, or kids in school bullying me. It had nothing to do with my mom whooping my ass when I got out of line as a last resort. Well, yeah, I think a healthy SWAT was. <laughs> Look, every kid learns I differently. Fear it taught you a little bit of respect. Yeah, everyone <laughs> learns differently. Obviously, yeah. spanking is for some, not for others, and some kids respond to it, some don't. But guess what? To throw blanket, and, and that's another thing that I see on social media that really pisses me off. And if you do this shit, if you want to be friends with me, stop doing it. Stop making your blanket statements. What works for you doesn't work for others. What works for your kids doesn't work for other kids. And if you don't agree with how certain people raise their kids, you don't have to. But shut up about it. Yeah. Because guess what? Just because you have a platform, sometimes it's best just to keep your opinions to yourself. It don't cost a thing. Because my, when my, uh... someone does it to you, you don't like it. My ex-husband used to call them caring people. And, and I liked that term because they mean to do it for the best of intentions, but caring people often cause more problems than they're yes. solving. Yes. And this is why our generation was allowed to go run out and play and have fun and be outside until the streetlights came on. But God damn it, if you see an 11-year-old in their front yard playing, we got to call social services on you now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If That's my kid wants people. to... If my kid wants to play in the front yard and he ain't bothering you and he is not in distress, leave him alone. Right. Now, if my kid is in the front yard and he his arm is hanging like this and there's a bone protruding from the skin, by all means, get involved. But if yeah. my kid is playing with his toys in his yard, leave him alone. If my kid is riding his bike and he is okay, leave him alone. And you know what? If my kid is doing his on his internet learning thing and he has a toy gun somewhere, leave him alone. <laughs> because you may be caring, but you're causing way more harm than good. If you don't believe me, play the first five, put on the first five minutes of a video game called Red Dead Redemption. And you'll hear how caring can be toxic. Case in point. Two little old white ladies talking about, oh, wow, we did such a good thing bringing religion to those savages that live in the hills. Now they can go to heaven when they die. Yeah, they were just fine until you got here and you brought freaking smallpox and blankets and you took their land. Yeah, you care. No, you don't. Mind your own business. It don't cost money. That's another reason why I'm so stressed out, too. People ain't got nothing else better to do because they got COVID going on. So they got to butt in on everyone else's lives. Stop that. <laughs> what an wow, interesting turn this show has taken. Amen. <laughs> I am worked up tonight. I don't know why. I just had a great <laughs> workout. Energy. That's why. I do have a lot of energy tonight. I really do. I have a lot of energy. What, what was it that was, it was uh, legally blonde? Was it in exercise gives you endorphins and endorphins make you happy and happy people don't kill their husbands. <laughs> that's a right. good point. That's now right. I mean, and, and you don't shower right after you get a perm either. That's right. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. I learned that and I had no clue because I ain't got no hair. 
Yes, it just takes uh, <laughs> You know what? I think there's just weight. I think part of our problem as a species is that there's too many of us. There's too many of us running around with no and we and we don't want for much. We 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 go to the grocery store and we get our food and we you know we have this, that, and the other. If we had to hunt and gather to survive, there would be far less of us and we wouldn't be pissing each other off because we'd be too busy just trying to frickin' survive so the damn pterodactyls didn't carry us away in the night. <laughs> that, that whole saying yeah. of it, it takes a village to raise a child, that was because everyone in the village was trying to raise the child, not trying to put their input on how you raise your child. Exactly. Right. And when they and the thing is, and this is the one thing that I did appreciate when we had neighborhoods and neighbors knew each other, everyone knew one another. And when you first moved in, your neighbors came over to introduce themselves is because they had a personal interest in you and a personal interest in your family and a personal interest in your children. They knew you, you know, you knew them and they were looking out for your kids as if they were your own. Like if I lived in, if I lived in Vegas, you don't think that I'd be looking out for Katie's kids as if they came from my body. Shit. I would be. And if I saw them acting up, you don't think that I'd grab them by the scruff of the neck and drag them home and say, this is what I saw your kid doing. Mm-hmm. Or and that and that's only if they were doing something that was so freaking bad that Katie needed to know. If they were just doing something kids being kids, it'd be like, look, I ain't gonna say nothing to your mom now, but you need to cut that shit out. Yeah. I, I'll tell you a, a naughty story from my past that, that illustrates exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. On my street growing up, there was a bunch of families, and mm-hmm. we all played out in the front yards, we ran our bikes up and down. And there were some kids that that you know were bad influences. And at one point, me and another kid from the, the street got caught stealing something from the local convenience store. Mm-hmm. It wasn't but maybe a day before that kid's mom marched them to our front door to have a talk with my mom. Both of us kids sitting there going, oh, shit, we're oh, in trouble because we that's what you did. Mm-hmm. Taking care of each other. You were making sure everything was all good. And when one got caught, everybody Mighty was rounded up so that we could all be punished together. because we were all looking out for each other. And I appreciate that looking back now. Back then, I was like, God damn snitches. But now, (laughs) as a mom, I appreciate that. But you don't find that today. Right. And the thing is, too, is that the police officers that were in your neighborhood were from your area. So they also had a personal stake. That's part of the problem that I see. Community-oriented policing is not being a thing because you get cops that live 20 and 30 miles away. Sometimes as far as... 70 miles away so they have no care or personal stake in the community they're just happy to go in there and run rough shot and be the tough person they don't care now i remember when you saw i remember as a kid seeing police drive by i waved to them because i always saw the same cops driving around all the time and it wasn't because they were overly policing they were just being a presence which is nothing wrong with that but when you get people who ain't from there that don't know the community and don't know nobody and just don't care. Yeah, I think I think I'm lucky in the community. Oh, Brian. Froze. I like that. I like that face he's frozen on though. <laughs> Brian froze. Yeah, I, I was lucky in Thailand. Um, that the That's state police the were there from there and lived in the neighborhoods and 
it was mm -hmm. so funny. I got pulled over and my daughter was in the back seat and she yelled out the police's name because he came to the school. <laughs> I didn't get a ticket because he's like, who's back there? And she's like, hi, officer. <laughs> you were in school today. <laughs> and then it was just like, he looked at me, he goes, <laughs> slow but, down. <laughs> no. Katie, I want to argue a little bit of a, it's not really a counter, but, um, and th this is a true story from last year um, at uh, Emma's school. At the time, Emma was 11 years old, so uh, early middle school. And one of her friends had sent a message to her and someone else that they were feeling suicidal. And Heather and I didn't, didn't know this person's parents at all. We didn't know this kid's parents. So we didn't know how to get in touch with him. So um, Heather emails the school counselor immediately, um, who wrote her back immediately and said, we just got another email about exactly the same thing. Uh, I'm already I'm already on the line with a uh, with a principal and we're contacting the parents now. Um, and it was it was very fast. It was within a couple hours of of my daughter receiving that text that things were able to to happen and you know whatever the follow-up may have have been afterwards because we all know mental health care is is not the the best right now but um it, it happened very quickly and we're we're able to reach out very quickly and that's something that when we were kids would not have happened um so you know there it's you know, there's there's a there's a strange balance here. We we've lost some things. We've gained some things. Um, well, well, well we didn't have texting. Yeah, we didn't have texting. You know, well, and, and also mental called, health. You know, if somebody called and said, "I'm feeling suicidal." Yeah, I'd get on the horn. But, well, <laughs> Whenever I could, or tell my mom, and she would do that. But that's just. Well, I think that one thing that sucked back back when we were kids, and things that we're still dealing with now is the fact that people still don't understand the importance of mental health and issues of depression. Case in point, look at how Skip Bayless responded to Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, who spoke about his depression after his brother recently within like the last six months committed suicide after dealing with depression. And Skip Bayless goes on this, this bullshit rant talking about how you're the you're the leader of America's team and blah 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 blah. Right at you, Skip. Because the bottom line is depression is a real thing. Anyone can feel depressed. And telling him, well, you're supposed to be the leader of this team and there's no place for that, that's right up there with a particular individual whose name I will never utter because I will not give them enough platform telling LeBron James to shut up and dribble. Or these other people that sit around and fester on social media and say, oh, well, you don't get to have an opinion because you're an athlete. Shut up and entertain me. No, it don't work like that. If you're depressed, you should not have a problem. You There should be no issue at all with you seeking help and guidance. Right. And if you're having a problem like that, then that's when, the, that's when your community needs to get together and be there for that person to get them the help they need. And it's an atrocity that mental health care is in the crap state that it's in. I remember as a CEO, again, I have a lot of horrible stories from being a CEO. When the state hospital in New Hampshire was shutting down beds, we were getting a lot of people in the jail 
that should have been getting the mental health care they needed. Instead, we're keeping them in jail. You ever? Yeah. I, I we had a guy who had alcohol-induced dementia in segregation, screaming all night because he didn't know where he was, begging for us to call his uncle, and he couldn't understand where he was and why he was there, because all people just want to say is, "Oh, you're just crazy." Yeah, you know what? Sometimes you know, so you can't just say, "Oh, that person's crazy," and walk away. They need help. Mm-hmm. I mean, gee, I started seeing a therapist after George Floyd's death. God says, "Why are you seeking counseling today?" I said, "Cause I'm a black man in America, and I'm scared as hell." He goes, "Okay, that makes a lot of sense." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, cause I could be the next hashtag. You never know. Shit, I had a nightmare that a cop was um abusing my son and i attacked the cop and my son watched me die in front of him that was a horrible dream that was a horrible dream but that's the shit that i that's the stuff that kicks around in this big nugget sometimes with everything that's going on and while i agree in part that there needs to be a ton of change in this country and the, some of the main ways to get change is protesting. I also, and while I also believe that destruction kind of takes away from the message, at the same token, there's only but so much that a person can take. And when you get people together and they've all been taken but so much and so much and so much, eventually it's gonna explode because you can't just have people expecting people to take shit. That's why most of the historical shifts in societies follow points of huge violence. Exactly. Because at some point talking about it and hearing somebody speak about it and raising your voice just Isn't doesn't enough. do it. Isn't we enough. have to find a better way, but historically that's what's been the catalyst for societal change, which sucks. Absolutely. And I'll tell and I'll tell anybody if you want to sit there and say, well, destroying things isn't a way to get your point across. All right. Then America wouldn't be here. Didn't we take um, cargo off a ship and destroy it and throw it into a harbor? Yeah, we we are uh, we are on the wrong path here, my friends. Yeah, <laughs> are, you know, no, yeah. Brian, we are. We are not on the wrong path, but we are on the wrong path for this show right now. We and we've got a no. No, I hear you. Yeah, we. I'm I'm just talking. It's not the episode we normally do, but it's it's a purging of I think what we're all feeling. Yeah. And and part of the reason that that a lot of us seem to be having the same problems right now, creatively, um, just emotionally, it's it's been building for a while. Yeah. Yeah. There's (laughs) yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, there's well so far there's been fifty eight minutes of uh, <laughs> of of uh, bad badness some, out there. But we had some writing conversation. We we <laughs> we did we did, and, and you know and this stuff is uh, hey, you know someone might be getting ready to research some um do some research for writing something involving stuff like this. So we yeah. they've given getting fifty nine minutes and 14, 15, 16 seconds. Of quality research. A hundred right. years into the future, this could be a historical video that's played in classes. Yeah, people talk about the effects of the. T- 
Why wasn't that angry bald guy heard from more? Nah, because he's more of a goof. We're making history. Oh, <laughs> shit, shit. I'll take it. Yeah. Take yeah. It. I, and I, I have somehow raised, uh, well, I'm, I'm proud that I have raised kids that are very intolerant of, of BS and they've, threatened to do violence to people's yard signs and stuff like that. I'm like, no, we no, we we don't commit crimes in this family. <laughs> you can think bad thoughts about other people, but we don't commit crimes. We're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, if, a, if a person has a particular sign in their yard that you don't agree with, just drive by. Yeah. You yeah. know when when That's people their are house. telling you yeah, when people are telling you who they are, believe them yep. and move on. Yeah. Like but, just and, and, like that's those Tom, those Tom uh, memes. This is Tom. He sees something on the internet. He ignores it. Be like Tom. Yes, yeah. I, I think it's Tim, isn't it? Is it Tim? I think it's. Tim. I just saw. It's I just saw a Tim. Tim. Wait, there's a big difference between a Tim and a Tom. Okay. Tim. <laughs> it's a stick figure, dude. <laughs> stick figure, Steve in the house. Uh, <laughs> Well, and uh, Rebecca brings up a good point. Uh, she's saying in the future when they're watching this, you know, why is that man talking about booby food? Wasn't that invented till 2090? That's a good hey, point. That's a very hey, good point. Hey, if all of my meals, if I could ingest all of my meals in boob form, I would be a happy man. Oh. Can you imagine sucking a turkey through a nipple? <laughs> Oh, Brian. Guys, this has been a wonderful show. I've 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 really enjoyed seeing everybody tonight. I know that all of you out there have have just had a a great time, especially with the last 45 seconds of this show. (laughs) But now now Katie's gonna give you a word from our sponsor. (laughs) Booby food. Hashtag booby food. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Serious time. Serious time. Uh, oh, that's a good point, Katie. Good job showering and changing your shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Here, here to Katie and the hygiene. That's right. <laughs> no smell yeah, like a fresh submarine sandwich in the Salidas house. I swear every single time I've done a show with Joe, I've been wearing the same clothes. <laughs> Oh, that's gross. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, all right. Final sponsor for the night. Final sponsor, the the wonderful. And see, there she is, right there. The wonderful Rebecca Jonesy is our second sponsor, who helps put the uh, show on so we can stream it through Streamyard at Facebook and YouTube at the same time. Yay for that! That's Miss Rebecca Jonesy. She is the author of Realistic Fantasies, both sexy and killer. And you can find both Rebecca Jonesy and Go Indie Now's information on the show notes after the show is uh, done. We'll put them both on Facebook and YouTube so you can find out more about them. And definitely check out Go Indie Now's new lineup of shows every single day, a new episode until Christmas. Yay! And also, Yay. guys, I'm going to keep mentioning this and, until Rebecca makes me stop. But if you go to threefuriespress.com and search my name or the word echoes, you'll see my short story up for sale on there. It's two bucks. And every penny of that goes to uh, Feed the Movement Charlotte. It is a uh, group that supports uh, protesters there in Charlotte, North Carolina. So uh, please pick that uh, short story up and uh, and uh, support a good cause. So And Mr. Brian Tan, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It's It's always a great pleasure to see your gorgeous, sexy body. 
Yes. Yeah, and it's only getting firmer. Yeah, this, baby. This is the way. So, so Brian, this have you been exercising? Oh yeah, before I before I came on, yeah. yeah You're looking you know, more muscular than ever. Yeah, you know I've been hitting my hitting my delts and my tries and my buys and my quads, and you know you know sometimes when you go and get these things done and you get the guns, baby, the gun show. Yeah. <laughs> There's our show, everybody. We'll see you next week. Good night. <laughs>